You're listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. On this edition, we'll check in with teachers just wrapping up their second week back in the classroom. We'll talk about their and the students' excitement, their hopes, and their concerns after so many months of distance learning. I really do not want us to have to shut down again. So that's why I'm any adult that I know that I'm speaking to, I'm like, please get vaccinated. Please do your, you know, please do your role so that us, the whole, our whole district, our whole communities, we can stay open. That's my biggest just, just hope, right? That we do not go into the shutdown again, just because I'm seeing how important it is for our students to be back um, and their excitement. And I'm seeing how important it is for our, our families and our communities. I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Civic. School is back in session with students and staff in classrooms in person. For some kids, it's been more than a year since they were on campus. Distance learning and hybrid schedules were taking a toll on students' academic work, their mental health, on teachers, and on parents. Things look a bit different than they did before the pandemic, with everyone required to wear masks indoors and other safety precautions in place. You might remember that when a reopening plan was still being developed, we talked with three teachers in the school district. Two of them rejoined me recently to share their experiences with the return to classrooms. School social worker Yahaira Kuapio and kindergarten teacher Kathy Sullivan. I want to start with the most basic of questions, which is how are things going? This is all very new. Students are back. You're back. I see you're back in in the school buildings right now. How are you feeling? Yeah, how am I doing? I'm excited to see all our students. It's been really great to um, see the family. So that, you know, I feel really happy, um, but I am feeling very tired. The past two days I've gone home and I just want to take a nap and then I go to bed early, which is needed. But Yeah. So to sum it up, I'm happy, but I'm also very tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I bet it's exhausting. Kathy, what about you? Yeah. I'm also very tired, but I'm really, really happy to be back. I did not enjoy teaching online at all. And I just feel really joyful to be back in the classroom with the kids, you know, in real life. Can you walk me through what your days are like now? Have there been any schedule changes or is it just back to the way that it was, except now everybody has masks and we have COVID protocols? It's a little different at my site because we're trying to do as many activities outside as we can. So like our assen- our assemblies that used to be in the auditorium are outside and we've been eating outside. And because we're uh, an urban public school with not a lot of space getting everybody eating outside at the same time is is a big challenge Mm. Um, and getting the cafeteria food to each class is a big challenge other than that I think it's pretty much the same every year I emphasize hand washing but this year it's even more emphasized And we Mm -hmm. talk about keeping your mask on and stuff like that. Right. I definitely want to ask about masks next. But uh, Yahair, what's your day like? Yeah. So for us, a few things have changed for sure. Um, But, you know, we start off with our community circle outside on the yard. um, And I think that's really great because we get to see some of our parents. Uh, We're definitely spread out still. So, you know, to ensure that. Uh, our students are spreading out a little bit and that our parents feel comfortable, but that community circle is very special. We announce birthdays, we announce any, you know, school-wide things that are happening. 
and we also do our little chat together, which is we are, we are star stars. Um, and then, you know, so that's always my favorite part, but what is different is the lunch and recess, um, activities. Uh, you know, at recess, we're still having kids, um, make sure that they have enough space. Thankfully, our site has two yards, a lower and an upper yard. So that's really nice. But at lunch instead, normally we have two grades eating lunch together. So for example, K1 eats lunch together. Right now what we're doing is kindergarten is going first while first grade is playing and then we rotate. So that way mm -hmm. our students are still able to distance. It definitely took a lot of, you know, logistics and planning and all of that, but that's different. And then the only other thing that's different is that, and this is for all SFUSD schools, is that Wednesday is an early dismissal day. Yesterday was the first Wednesday, but it was really great because it's a time for us to collaborate, collaborate and work with interdisciplinary folks and then also across grade levels. So yeah, those are the changes. Mm -hmm. And of course, everybody is wearing masks. The requirements are that students and adults wear masks while indoors. I mean, I think my first question on that front is there's a ton of mask mandate news across the country, but in San Francisco, it's been pretty clear for a while how this would go. Are you finding that it's pretty easy for kids and adults to stick to this? I'm amazed at how well the kindergartners are, are doing with this. They're very, very good about keeping their masks on in general. You know, sometimes the masks get wet. The other day, a child went to get a drink and uh, forgot to take his mask oh, off. So that was a I've little bit of a that. problem. But, um, but in general, they're really good about it. They're very cooperative about the masks. So I'm, and that's, you know, the parents, the parents have taught them very well mm -hmm. that that's mm -hmm. an important thing. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I'm actually happy to see that student. I don't think students are having a hard time. Uh, sometimes, you know, when they're eating in the cafeteria with their younger students or kinder students, they accidentally throw away the mask, but we have Oof. extra. So that's the only thing. But uh, and even for the adults, we're all, we all have them on. Yeah. Is there any clear age difference in terms of who is more likely to be sticking to the masks? Like, is it younger kids who are they more diligent than adults even? Or is there just like uniform across the board? Everybody's got the mask on all the time. Definitely uniform across the yeah. board at my site. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what this feels like to be to be back um particularly because for a long time and especially the last time that that we all talked um there was a lot of concern about where students would be at you know with their mental health behaviorally academically and now they're back and it's only been a couple of days so i mean i don't want to you know like rush you into drawing any conclusions but what is that what does that feel like what do the kids feel like um now that they're back with you in person yeah, I can share. The kids are very excited. <laughs> yeah, I've been checking in with students at recess on the yard. I'm being, I'm making time to be out there more, especially the first few weeks. And I just check in, and a lot of what I'm hearing is, "I'm so happy to be back. I, I'm happy to see my teachers again." So I hear a lot of joy from them. Um, from our parents, I'm hearing a lot of relief. Like, I'm so happy that you're back. There are, you know, concerns like just asking. A lot of the questions are how, how often are you cleaning? What other safety protocols do you have? So we did have mm -hmm. a family town hall so that 
our whole community could come together and we could address that. I think one of the other, in terms of students, social, emotional well-being and just their mental health in general, what I am hearing is um, maybe some, some students, not a lot, but some of them feeling a little pressure about maybe not knowing how to do the work. Like today, mm-hmm. I was helping a second grader who was very overwhelmed with math. And so I am, I'm seeing that pattern. I also had a, a little survey that I sent out to some students and, and that was something that came up was the work feeling mm-hmm. a little hard. But I will say that as a school, we are prioritizing um, community building right now and that every single student and family has to feel a sense of belonging. And our teachers very e- are eager to do that. That's really our priority right now. Can you say more about how you do that? How do you build community when people have been forced to stay home and not see each other for such a mm-hmm. long time? Yeah. So one of the things is, I guess, mentioned earlier, our community circle, mm-hmm. um, we're making sure that that is very intentional, that we're doing uh, school-wide celebrations, that we're shouting out our, our student leaders. Um, we have a little reward system called Starbucks. And so every Friday we call out, you know, the winners of that. That's one way. Another way is um, we're making sure that we're authentically partnering with families and making sure we're checking in about what did you observe during the you know, when you were away in distance learning. And so some teachers are developing surveys to send home to parents because we understand that there could be this rush right now to try to and fix all these things, right? But we, we're, we're not here trying to fix anyone. We really want to work in collaboration with families so that we know, hey, what are the concerns that are going on? So that's one way that we're, those are a few ways that we're partnering with families. Mm-hmm. Kathy, what about you? What, is it, what does it feel like to be back around the kids who have been away in Zoom school for so long? Well, it's interesting because kindergarten is usually a really big trans transition anyway. I mean, it's a huge transition for a lot of kids. They went to like maybe a small pre-K or a family daycare or something like that. And then all of a sudden they're in a large elementary school and it, it's mm. a big change. And this year I find it even more so because a lot of kids either have not been to pre-K or were not in in school pre-K. They were in pre-K on Zoom. So there's a lot of things that are, a lot of the things that I see in a regular year are even more pronounced. They're not used to sitting and doing work. That's hard for them. And I think Yahaira touched on that. That's not something they're used to. And of course, in kindergarten, work has to be age appropriate. It has to be geared towards them. But even, you know, the small things, they have a hard time focusing and getting their work done. So we have to move a little bit more slowly and just build on it and just do a little, you know, on Monday, maybe a little more on Tuesday, a little bit this week, a little more next week. And yeah, building community is really important because kids don't learn in an environment that they don't feel comfortable in. And Mm -hmm. it is also really important to make sure that everybody belongs, that this is not a type of environment, classroom and school environment that works for one culture and not for another. We try and make the school culture accessible to everyone. And to add to that too, that was also why, you know, when we did our community town halls, we also made sure that all the information we were providing was accessible in the languages, um, you know, the, the languages that most of our families speak. 
to. Um, and so we're making sure that everything that is going out from the school, it is, um, you know, for us, it's predominantly we have Spanish and Cantonese speakers so that everyone is on the same page um, and it's accessible to our families. What is people's level of COVID worry? And I guess I'm primarily asking about parents, but maybe kids have these concerns too. I mean, because I may, I am seeing reports that pediatricians are seeing more children testing positive for the coronavirus than at any other time in the pandemic. Um, is there concern about that? Has that reached you? Or is it just like overshadowed by the excitement of being back in class? <laughs> There definitely are parent concerns. Um, I know that there are families at our school have who have chosen to keep their children in distance learning. I'm hoping that after there is an approved vaccine for younger children, that they're able to come back because um, I feel like being at school is such an important experience for children. But yeah, there are some families who definitely do not feel safe about sending their children back and they're choosing to keep them at home. And mm-hmm. at our site, I think um, I have heard parents, you know, making asking us multiple times, do you give them hand sanitizer at lunch? Um, what happens if another kid does like has their mask off? What do you do? And, and, you know, we're reassuring them. So I do hear that from parents. But in terms of students, I haven't heard that yet. And I think it's, they're just so excited to be back. But also at the same time, I'm not, I haven't been asking them directly, you know, how do you feel about, are you worried about COVID at all? I'm right, just asking right. them how they feel about being in school. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. What do you do if someone's not wearing their mask? It sounds like that hasn't come up yet, but theoretically? Uh, well, we always have, we have extra masks. So even in my own office, like, you know, I, I have extra kid masks. We have them in the office and um, the hallways, every classroom and then the cafeteria. So like I said, the only time that it does come up is our younger students, they accidentally throw it out after they finish eating. Mm-hmm. So we just give them a new one. I'm speaking with school social worker Yahaira Kuapio and kindergarten teacher Kathy Sullivan. The... Conversation around masking has been one thing. Vaccines is a whole other one. Obviously, kids under 12 can't get it yet. But I think that outside observers like the general public got maybe a bit of whiplash over the last couple of weeks because the school district at first said that it wouldn't have a vaccine mandate for staff. And then it said it would. And the teachers union made a statement in support of vaccine mandates. I remember the last time that we talked, I think everyone was either partially vaccinated or ready to get vaccinated and like gung-ho about getting vaccinated. What's your sense now of how your colleagues are feeling about having the vaccine be mandatory? Most of the people I've spoken to are in favor of it. They understand how important it is to protect our students and also to protect their families. Um, I have a couple of friends who have uh, elderly parents who they either live with or go to visit often. And of course we wanna protect the students. So I haven't heard anybody having a problem with the vaccines being mandatory. Everybody's in favor of that. Everyone that I've talked to is in favor of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think another thing that I I am curious about where this messaging has been coming from but I do know you know most of the educators and not all of the educators I know are fully vaccinated and they were one of the first ones who you know especially when it was first coming out that they were really trying to get it um 
And so I don't think that there is a large portion of educators in our district that are not vaccinated. You know, um, mm -hmm. I don't have that number yet, but I know that, you know, uh, UESF, like we've messaged this too, and I'm saying we, cause it's our union, you know, we love yeah, our communities yeah. and care for our students. And so um, I know that we are, we are doing our best to ensure that we continue to partner with our communities and show that, you know, and, and that all our advocacy and our practice reflects that too. Um, mm. I, I would be curious to know the number, you know, of educators that are not vaccinated mm -hmm. yet, mm -hmm. but I, I know at least at my side, it's 100%. Like we've all been very like transparent about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're excited to get vaccinated when that was an right. opportunity, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And actually, I think that even among older students, I mean, this might not be relevant necessarily to either of you, but I'm, I'm reading that the proportion of students who are over 12 years old, so ages 12 to 17, that are fully vaccinated in San Francisco is 84%, which is actually higher right. than yeah. the rate of adults who are eligible, which is like 79% fully vaccinated. So it seems like, you know, young people are excited about this too which we're hearing nationwide is is the opposite case like across the country young people have been the ones who who are lagging behind in vaccine rates are you hearing anything from young people about the vaccine i, I guess maybe for your age ranges that's not strictly relevant yet no <laughs> yeah not yet <laughs> Um, I, I want to talk also about some of the other precautions, some of the safety measures, because the sky is looking a little orange these days. Um, and exactly as some folks were predicting, we're now in a time when ventilation is key for COVID safety, but the air outside is pretty smoky and it could become unhealthy. Are you thinking about that already? Um, I'd like to see what you anticipate in terms of, you know, balancing the need for ventilation um, with the issue of smoke. Yes, that is definitely a big concern, <laughs> you know, and it, it actually came up uh, at my site, I think two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. The days feel long, so I'm having a hard time remembering. <laughs> they but are we long. Walked, right? <laughs> we walked out and we noticed the sky was a little hazy and orange and we said, oh no, like we knew that this was going to be a concern, but I think what threw us off was that it's so early. Um, mm. So and this is, I think, this is where we need our, we need all our powerful stakeholders to come to, you know, to really address this, this concern, the safety concern. Um, it's only going to, you know, pick up from here. And some schools, you know, we have resources and we have access to um, other providers that can get us, you know, so for example, us, we have real options for city kids. And um, they actually gave me an air purifier today to have in my office. And I know that our site is partnering with someone else. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the name, but they're going to give every single classroom an air purifier. But it needs to be equitable. All our schools need that. And so mm. I really, we need all our stakeholders to come up together and really respond to the need. And we all need those, you know, the, the air purifiers, we need to make sure that our buildings are equipped and safe. Um, and that needs, I'm, that needs to be something that we address quickly. Mm -hmm. Kathy, did you want to add to that? Well, we have uh, air purifiers at our site too, but again, yeah, it should be something that every school should get in every room. I feel like we will have a plan B for when, if the air quality is bad, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's going to be an issue that we're going to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. 
Are either of you feeling like you want more guidance or clarity on any of the COVID safety precautions and other like procedures that are in place now? Um, Because there are a lot. I mean, a lot is going on. A lot of different policies are in place. A lot of different practices are in place and they're just getting off the ground now. Like you're just starting this. I feel like we have a lot more... uh, um we have a lot more information than we did at the beginning of the pandemic. Like I remember at the pan, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were cleaning everything a hundred times a day. And now right. we're knowing that surface transmission of COVID is rare. We also know that out, outdoor transmission of COVID is rare. So mm. we know we know more about how to stay safe. And because we're not spending our time disinfecting everything 10 times a day, we can focus more on the things that do work, like keeping our masks on, hand washing, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to add, right, getting vaccinated, like, that's one of the right. things oh, that yeah. it's always on my mind is um, I really, you know, really wish everyone, you know, 100% of the population were vaccinated. But yeah. I think um, one of the, you know, pros that in my experience is that we have, you know, a part-time nurse, so not full-time, but um, I'm just very, very grateful right now for our school district nurses who are answering a lot of questions and are, you know, are really doing their best to ensure that we are clear uh, on the guidelines. And I know that, you know, um, we, uh, San Francisco, I mean, we have our own DPH. And so that's really great. But I think um, it, it's overwhelming. And I just want to name that it's still mm. overwhelming, um, mm-hmm. at least in my experience. And I have been able to check in with the different educators at different sites. And I know that it's so much information to keep track of, you know, so I want to just, uh, just, just name that, that it, it definitely is overwhelming. It's a lot to take in. And I think the where it gets a little tricky, it's where, like, close contacts, and you know, we're not doing, um, screenings anymore in the morning. I mean, everyone's right. supposed to self-screen, but yep. um, I, I I personally miss doing that. I Not because I just miss talking with the students like that one-on-one, but I think it was a lot easier to just screen students at, at you know, before coming in. And mm-hmm. now we're, if some, if a student has a, you know, COVID-19 like symptom, it's, it's, I, I feel almost like a little bit more anxious <laughs> right. because they've yeah, already the only been... way to make sure that they were screened yeah. is to do it yourself in a way. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I do worry um, about our students getting sick. Like I, I, I worry that someone will get sick and then we'll have to, um, worry about that student and worry about what we need to do to keep, you know, everyone in the community safe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's definitely on my mind, you know, wanting to protect the students. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to conclude here um, by talking about what your expectations and your concerns and your hopes are for the school year as it progresses. Because right now, you know, it's all new and fresh. There's a lot of excitement. You know, I'm, I'm sure that for you, the days are long. And for the students, it's like, oh, my goodness, a new experience. But, you know, there is that work looming. There is that academic performance um, questions still in the air. Um, and of course there's, there's COVID. So what are you worried about? What are you looking forward to as the year gets going? 
one of my biggest dreams, <laughs> you know, and my hope, I'm very hopeful about this is uh, I really do not want us to have to shut down again. Um, mm. You know, so that's why I'm any adult that I know that I'm speaking to, I'm like, please get vaccinated. Please do your, you know, please do your role um, so that us, the a whole, our whole district, our whole communities, we can stay open. That's my biggest just, just hope, right, that we do not go into the shutdown again, just because I'm seeing how important it is for our students to be back um, and their excitement. And I'm seeing how important it is for our, our families and our communities. Um, I think, you know, my ongoing concern is just making sure that, yeah, that, you know, while fire season is here, um, I want to make sure that all sites are safe, that everyone feels safe, and that yeah, and I think the last one is because we do, like I mentioned earlier, we love our communities and we care for our students is that um, the way that we're partnering with families right now that that's that just continues to grow, right? I don't want to mm -hmm. see an end to that. Like, I think a lot of educators are excited and we're coming back with a um, with a lot of reflection and we do not want to go back to, you know, what normal was. We only want to improve and uh, really have schools that are fully funded and that are equitable because those are the schools that our students deserve. So that that's, those are my dreams. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my biggest hope is that um, our students can all get vaccinated soon. I'm really hoping that the vaccine yes. for kids gets um, approved as soon as possible. So all of our students can be vaccinated and be safe. And yes, I think that this, Yahira touched on the fact that um, this pandemic has really, um, what's the word? It's really shown that our schools are chronically underfunded. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in the room right now with our very hardworking custodian who's, you know, comes in here and cleans every single day. And there's only two custodians who work in our whole school and it, it's not enough. Wow. So, you know, and having school in a pandemic when we have all of these special needs is um, is showing that we just don't have the money to provide everything that we need to provide. Um, but I'm hoping that our school will continue to be, uh, you know, an anchor for our community and um, a place where people can go and become educated and be safe and um, that they can, uh, that the parents can feel safe and they can feel heard, you know, when they're here. Um, and um, I'm trying to think what else, just to, um, just to keep uh, reaching out and touching the community and um, becoming a place where everyone can feel safe and learn. Definitely. Is there anything that either of you would like to add that I didn't specifically ask you about? No, I can't think of anything else. I just, <laughs> but I do just want to appreciate you for, you know, for providing this space for us to just share our experiences and how it's going. Oh, thank you. You're, you are the most valuable part of the show. So I really appreciate that very much. And thank you both for taking the time again. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. We really appreciate you. Um, hearing us and giving a voice to teachers because a lot of times um, policies are made, decisions are made, and nobody asks the teacher what, what they think. Mm. And um, I, I really appreciate your giving a voice to us. Mm. 
Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was school social worker Yahira Kuapio and kindergarten teacher Kathy Sullivan. I'm Laura Wenis, and you've been listening to Civic. And before I let you go tonight, I want to give you a heads up about a few things. Civic is turning two years old. We're going to celebrate by spending some time strategizing and planning for the future. That means you'll likely see some reruns from us next week, kind of a greatest hits, while we work on what comes next. It also means that your feedback could not come at a more impactful time. So if you have a couple minutes to tell us what you think about the show, we have a survey for you. Find it at surveymonkey.com slash the letter R slash civic listeners. I'll also post the link in the episode notes. I told our guests today that they are what make the show, which is true, but you're why we make the show. And we want to make a show that you actually want to hear. So let us know what you think. And thanks so much for listening.